<laughs> Here are your hosts, Scott the Bear and Jeremiah the Johnson. Welcome to the Lost and Own Podcast. My name is Scott. I'm Jeremiah. And we are back for episode three. 100-ish? 300-ish. We've definitely done more than 300 episodes, but this is in numerical order what we were going to call, not chronologically, 300, but this is number 300 for the numbered people, and by that, uh, I mean, just call it 300. Fuck it. Uh, But that being said, uh, we, at one point, were promising out some super-duper special episode before COVID hit. Obviously, we uh, switched things up. We did, I don't know, six, eight, whatever episodes, maybe more of a non-numbered because we were doing all COVID material. Uh, so we're we're not going to have uh, pre-produced stuff. We're going to drop that at some other point when we have a chance to actually meet up and, and do more of it. But we did still want to create something special for you all. And that was an interview that, Scott, you've been lining up for quite a while. Um, and it is in regards to my cat is... is Using me as scratch using you, you My pants are just faggy enough where he's only getting denim. Oh, uh, yeah, he's getting close he's to your nuts there. He's nuts. getting to, he, he got my ball the other day. Oh. Yeah, it was through my. It was just through a pair of underwear. Uh, anyway, so uh, we do have a, a, a an interview coming up with uh, Matt Granger, who has been uh, who has worked on tons of movies. Uh, we'll get a little bit of an intro uh, to to his segment. Uh, but Scott, I don't know if you want to real quick tell what the show is usually about. And then I mean, we'll there's get really into... there's really no and honestly. No, honestly, how about no. this? Usually, our show is about weird news. Wait till next week or listen to the last episode if you want a recap of what our show is normally about. This show is not about what it's normally about because we've got an interview that lasted the full hour plus actually. So for uh, radio people, it might cut off if you're listening to something. I'm not sure exactly how long we went because we chatted for a while. Um, but we'll we'll trim it down. But the first thing we want to do, because this is Halloween month, we want to at least get into our horror picks uh, for now. He's almost got my nuts again. And uh, uh, Scott, uh, we, we like to give a little horror uh, movie recommendations to start out. Yeah. And, uh, and actually, we'll have um, uh, Matt's... Uh, at the end of the show, at the end of the interview, after everything is all done, yeah, he uh, we, gave we actually well. uh, gave a horror pick as well. So go ahead, uh, Scott. All right, I'll keep this brief. Uh, I watched the movie Solo on Amazon, and I was shocked at how good it was. Uh, the The cinematography alone was amazing. But um, it's a very simple story about a camp counselor. She's uh, like 18 and has to do a solo camping trip on an island adjacent to the camp all by herself for like two days. And it's like the final test before she becomes a camp counselor. And then she starts hearing weird noises, finds a doll in the woods. That's uh, cool. This creepy stuff happens. And honestly, if I explain it anymore, it ruins the mystery. I, so yeah. I would say I don't watch really a trailer, just, don't read a synopsis. I didn't. My, and my, I loved going in blind. My thing for horror movies nowadays uh, is going in blind as much as possible anyway. Sometimes that really uh, like squishes me up because I don't exactly know what to... Maybe I'll read a synopsis, a one or two line synopsis. Um, I have not watched that one yet, but it is on my list. And it actually gets to something we were talking about uh, in the future because we've already recorded the interview with Matt, um, is uh, at some point we were talking about, and this kind of, we've talked about this before, how you can't really trust IMDb for, I mean, obviously if something's like a 1.5 or a 2.9, something like that, it's not going to be so great. So, uh, but like, IMDb in general, you can't necessarily trust as far as horror movies go because horror fans have a totally different idea of what's good. Obviously, if something's an 8 on IMDb, it's probably pretty good, but I believe this uh, solo that you're talking about has like a 4.9 or something like that, under 5, but it's a good movie nonetheless. Yeah. So uh, don't always trust what you read. You might end up losing out on some really great gems if you decide to go to IMDb first. 
you know, uh, just think with your eyes. Um, mine actually is, um, I actually have two. The one I really want to recommend is called The Columnist, a movie from the Netherlands, um, but it's still on the festival circuit. I watched on the Telluride um, Horror Show, which is the uh, Telluride um, Horror Festival that I, I bought a pass for last week. Saw some great stuff, including Possessor by Brandon Cronenberg, uh, Mr. Cronenberg's uh, son. And... Um, which was great, but my favorite of the of of, of it was actually the columnist, um, and it's uh, it it touches into social media. It's essentially, it's it's a really cathartic revenge film about a woman who is an uh like writes articles for an online publication, and she gets um you know pretty much like death threats, all these misogynistic crazy things, and she finally opts she finally opts to um. Uh, take revenge in the physical world, tracks these people down, and and kills them. That's the columnist. The only reason okay. I'm going to sh- choose one more is because I want to give one t- uh, pe- to people that might, they might be able to watch immediately. And that's Nocturne on Amazon. It's one of the Blumhouse um, four movies out of eight they're going to release um, in conjunction with Amazon Blumhouse. Um, and Nocturne is about this um, uh, one of a set of twins who is at a uh, prestigious uh, music academy and her older sister, by seconds, of course, is just happens to be, you know, considered the more talented one, the more prodigious one. She gets into Juilliard, um, things like that. And uh, it, this, uh, the the one who's actually looking to uh, the, the younger sister, who's sort of the protagonist in this film, finds a book, a music book book that's been left over by a girl who committed suicide just a few weeks earlier, who was considered the most prodigious. Uh, student at the school when she reads into that she starts like everything starts changing for her things start getting a little better she becomes uh you know better at her instrument or craft but she also changes psychologically things like that i don't want to give too much more uh, out because that's pretty much what you get in the synopsis um highly recommended by me it's a slow burn so if you're not into slow burns maybe skip it but it is on amazon prime if you have it it should be a global amazon prime because it is an amazon original alongside working with blumhouse so I really appreciate that one, so check that one out. And if anybody can find the columnist when it happens, put it on your queue because it's fucking dope. Sounds good. And I guess uh, without further ado, let's jump right into the interview. Yeah, let's listen to what Matt has to say. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, how are you guys doing? Not half bad. Not too bad, man. We really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. We've done a lot of uh, digging. We gave the listeners up top... At the top of the show here, a little bit of a rundown of what you've worked on and what you do, but uh, I don't know, nice. your own words, if you want to just give a little rundown of your career, how you got into what you did, or what you do. Oh, geez, that's, that is quite a story. Um, <laughs> well, go, go to town. See, I, I, I'm, I'm, 21, I'm 21 years in the business now. Um, uh, my very first job was I was hired as videographer on X-Men 1. Um, it was quite an experience. Uh yeah, we were all sort of rookies at the time. You, you, David Hayter, me, Kevin Feige, uh, Tom DeSanto, Brian Singer. We sort of were the the, the brain trust of this movie because we were uh, we were uh, just always together. And I and by me being the videographer, like a private videographer for for for, for Brian and Tom, it was um, that was really my first access to sort of being in that seat. And uh, I sort of you know, participated an incredible amount for someone who was on their first movie. Um, that was really my film school. Um, I, I was, I was an unpaid videographer and I, uh, and I, um, remember uh, speaking to Brian on the very first uh, day and he's like, well, we can't pay you, but you know, I'm going to, I'll do what I'll do for you is I'll make this your film school. And then for basically the entire movie, I knew I was, I was, I was, he was explaining lighting setups. He would explain why this shot was happening, how this shot was going to cut, what was going to, 
the, how this is going to connect later to other things, everything from shooting it to lighting it to, um, and Tom Siegel would, would Tom Siegel, the cinematographer would help out with, and with, with, the, with the teaching of me and explain what was going on in this. And then I ended up, uh, uh, going down to LA after that and sitting through post-production. So that was my film school really. Um, then it just started a, a long trek of, uh, Working in films, starting as an assistant, um, you know, working on everything from, you know, uh, iRobot to X-Men 2. Um, what else did we work on? Jeez, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I worked for the line producer on uh, three Fifty Shades of Grey movies, Cabin in the Woods, Snakes on a Plane. Woo. Um, yeah, and then became a screenwriter. And, and filmmaker, uh, we made, uh, we were one of the first, my brother and I were one of the first, um, uh, Indiegogo success stories back way back in about 2009, I think that was. And we raised 15 grand, uh, to shoot a TV pilot. So we shot a pilot, which was, which was very successful. Um, we also back in around that same time, uh, there was a, there was a MTV put on a, <laughs> a short film competition and the judge of the, of the short film was Quentin Tarantino. And we were, and we were, uh, the, the trick was we were supposed to spoof a Tarantino thing. And so we pulled off this spoof and ended up winning this competition, uh, judged by Tarantino. We're on MTV and everything like that with Tarantino. It was pretty wild. Um, but yeah, you know, I've just, and then, uh, we made it, made a short film in 2011 called Chained, which was, uh, highly successful, uh, on the, on the short film circuit type thing played everywhere from, it played in Lyon, France. It played in, uh, 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 played at Scream Fest in Los Angeles at, uh, Nance Chinese, several festivals, won some awards. Um, and we adapted that short film into a screenplay, which is being di- called, uh, it's called, it's going to be called the one you feed. And it is being directed by Jeff Renfro. Um, Canadian, Canadian American director. Um, it's being produced by Brad Payton, uh, who produced and directed, uh, Rampage with the rock, um, sky, not skyscraper, uh, San Andreas with the rock. Um, and what else, what else did he do? He, he did, um, the mysterious Island movies. So he's been around, he's been around. So we've, uh, we're currently having that, uh, packaged by CIA and, um, we're moving forward with getting that done. So that's sort of the, the short version of, uh, of my, <laughs> storied career shall well, we? well it, it sounds like you may have ended up uh ahead in that deal especially with you know considering how much film school actually costs to uh yeah. essentially get a, getting a like it sounds like you got quite the education in that so just not having to pay for film school alone granted you know a yeah. lot of i think a lot of people get into stuff where they're like i'm supposed to value myself and never take anything for free or never to take oh you're getting experience but you get a combination of an education and a foot in the door which are two things that are extremely difficult to come by, especially the latter. So I feel like you definitely ended out, uh, ended up on top in that, that, in that deal, honestly. I, I really, I really did. I'm, I'm, I'm just remarkably thankful for that experience just because, you know, before a young guy coming into the business, I, I started late. I was in the music business before that. I, I, I started, I think it was 20, would have been 27 years old when I started in film. And, uh, so, you know, I, I started a few years later than most people do, but, um, you know, for a young guy, first time experience to have the uh, to have the experience of being taught by some incredible people, some really smart people, um, being in the room when Hugh Jackman was uh, hired, 
you know, yeah. and hearing and, and being in the room when that happened, like and hearing it and standing in front of it, videotaping it and having it drilled into my, my head, this moment of, I, oh my God, a, a star has just been created here. You know what I mean? There, this guy's about to be a giant movie star and he doesn't even know it yet. You know, and b- being around for that was just, it was, it was just, it, it was, it was like a dream and it was, uh, it, it sounds made. It's so crazy that it almost sounds made up. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. It was really, yeah. yeah. And, but it was crazy. It was crazy time. And I was, and and the foot in the door was absolutely what I, what I did get because through that, you know, I ended up doing X Men two, um, you know, and then through that and through all the people we were meeting, I was meeting along the way. I was, you know, instantly sort of brought into the circle of of trust, and it was in, in, in by many people, you know, and. uh it's it served me incredibly well and that and that single experience of that movie still to this day is probably the most important and uh mo- and, and 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 most uh, that had most effect on me uh than any other movie i've ever been on now to circle back real quick the movie you mentioned before yeah. that was based on the short uh, i believe it was called chained and the the full length feature yeah. uh what was it called again i'm sorry it's going to be called the one you feed is that a horror film based on the uh, title? It sure is. Okay, yeah. Okay. Sure is, sir. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of curious when you mentioned it, yeah. and I didn't want to talk over you because you were explaining it so well, and I uh, just in the back of my head was like, it's Halloween. Yeah. No, romantic <laughs> comedy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I did. I, I, I pitched that movie so many times. It's been it's been nine years of getting that thing off the ground, so it's uh, pitched wow. it a lot. So I can tell that story well. Yeah, good. Um, All right. Yeah, it's a it's it's a fun little movie. It uh, it's. Um, it's a real small, intimate little story. And, um, you know, we were all, 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 you know, we were firing on all cylinders coming into the year, uh, on target to start shooting uh, second or third quarter was the plan. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's going to be about a $15 million movie, I think 15, maybe, wow. maybe a little bit more. Um, hopefully, um, fingers crossed. Can you give us a, a brief uh, but, overview of the plot? Sure. Yeah. It's, um, it's a story of a, uh, the short was a father and a son but we changed it for the feature. Um, it's a father and a daughter um, who are sort of harboring a horrible secret. And um, essentially, I don't want to, I don't want to blow up for you because it's, it's really cool, but you'll probably watch, you'll see the short and it's, it's in the short. So I'll, I'll explain the short to you. How's that? Yeah, so it's, it's a father, it's a father is his father and his son. And the father and son are, uh, you don't really know what's going on between them. So that it, it begins with this, you know, showing this kid, He's very gifted. He's very smart in school. He's, you know, he's testing remarkably high. Um, and his teacher uh, then noticed the signs of abuse on his body, like bruises on his arms. Um, and his father has, is always sick and keeping the boy home from school a lot. So every, you know, every month there's like three days where the kid doesn't come in. He, his father keeps him home and he, and he keeps saying, well, he's sick again. He's sick again. He's sick again. Um, so the teacher uh, takes it onto him, onto himself to, uh, sort of go up to this little farm and meet the father and find out what's going on, you know, up there. And through this process of what happened is you then realize that what appears to be abuse is actually because the kid locks the father up in a shed um, for over the full moon every month because the father's, because the father's actually a werewolf. Yes. Werewolf (laughs) Werewolf movie. And so the father, so the, so they came this, they chain this guy into the into the shed uh, in order to uh, in order to uh, prevent him from wreaking havoc among amongst you know any, hurting anyone. Yeah. And um, so, in the end of that, in the end of the short, uh, the the father kills the teacher um, because the teacher just gets locked in. And, and you got to see it, it's it's not done as 
it's 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 done more uh, interestingly than I'm explaining it because I don't want to blow it for you. Of course, but, yeah. Um, but so then what we decided to do with the movie is that became the first act of the movie. Um, so that's just basically, you know, the, we've extended that. We've added a lot of elements to it. We changed the boy to a girl. It's a girl, little girl now. Um, and what's interesting about it is that what we decided to do is we wanted to tell a human story. We didn't want to tell a monster movie. So, but what we did is we took a traditional monster. And then as far as the second act goes, the longer piece of the movie, and right through the third act, it's about what does this man have to do with the help of this child to sort of cover up what has happened. And it becomes one of those movies like Simple, uh, Simple Plan or uh, you know, Very Bad Things in which the solution to your problem makes it infinitely worse. And so we try to show that the, what the man does ends up being far more horrifying than what a monster does. Monsters just acting on instinct, but the man has to plan and then wow. execute plans. And, and it's, it's actually, it can be, it, it's pretty disturbing, a lot of it, um, because it is that whole concept of like the man being worse than the monster and not having the excuse of being a monster. And that's the, and so then, you know, choices have to be made throughout the picture. And there's uh, several uh, difficult choices. That's not, that sounds incredible. I, I think yeah. it's going to be cool. Yeah, I think it's gonna be really, really cool. I, it, it's a lot of fun. We've got some really smart people working on it. Um, Jeff is a fantastic director. He's really, really great. He does a he does um, a show in Canada called uh, Bad Blood, which is on. We can you can see Bad Blood on uh, on um, uh, Netflix. I think it's on yeah, it's on Netflix. And it's like Snoop Dogg's favorite show on Netflix. Oh, sweet! Um, <laughs> That's cool. It's really great. Yeah, it's, it's about the, but, but, but the Montreal drug. Uh, cartels like it's crazy it, it, and the mob and bikers and all this stuff it's really kind of a wild show um my one of my dearest friends is is an actress on it and so that's how i got into watching it but it's uh it's pretty great and then there's um he did another movie called i'm just it, it, he, did, he did the steve mcqueen documentary which was fantastic it was really really good um so then it was just a lot of smart people have been on this movie and a lot of people have been really great about helping us elevate it up to that next level and get it and get that script and the script just becoming better and better and better every time it you know because writing is rewriting and getting closer to production it's a lot of rewriting so you know it's it's at that point now where it's it's uh as as good as it's ever been you know and so i think i think we'll be in the i think a lot of people will be pleasantly surprised by it when it uh when it finally uh gets made and comes out we're up to some big stars for it right now which is fantastic i can't tell you any names but um but uh, you know the names. That's the that that, and that's what makes it cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, looking forward to that. And obviously, yeah. we'll have to we'll have to circle back when that's actually out and about. Oh, and yeah. chat, chat with you again. Obviously, we got plenty more to chat about today. But that sounds like something oh, yeah. we could dig deeper into totally, when people have actually seen it. I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to do that. I'd love to do that. But I'll make sure I send you guys the the uh, link to the the short. Now, uh, your filmography is long. You've worked <laughs> on a lot of films in a lot of yeah. capacities. You've worn a lot of hats, too, in working with those films. Many. Yeah. But obviously, Many hats, yeah. uh, us being horror fans, one film stood out a little further than the others. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, mm -hmm. easily one of my favorite, like, top five horror films of it's, all time. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's in, I mean, of, especially of, like, the modern and, the, and kind of really digging deeper into that meta uh, aspect, that subgenre of the meta horror. It's just absolutely a masterpiece in, in both our minds. So I mean, get like picking your picking your brain about that one specifically, um, and especially around you know we're we're uh, 
dipping into Halloween time here. So I think just kind of yeah, getting man. an idea of, you know, what it was like to work on that movie. Um, you know, what the, you know, I don't know what the energy was like, what, what exactly you did on it. What was uh, any good stories come out of working on that? Oh yeah. I, 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 I worked with a line producer on that movie. So, you know, that that's we're we're in the trenches. That's one of the, that's one of the jobs when you're in the trench. You're, um, uh, it's all contracts and scheduling and money and budgets and, and all that stuff. It was, for me, it was a real trial by fire because it was a, it was it was not an easy show to shoot. Um, we, it looks like we had a lot more money than we did. Um, <laughs> the real hero, the real hero of that movie, I will tell you, is Dave Anderson, um, the uh, the special makeup effects oh, uh, yeah. from from uh, from uh, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Dave Anderson, his wife Heather Anderson. Heather Anderson is um, Heather Langenkamp from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. And it's really <laughs> nice. funny because I, I didn't royalty. know, I didn't know. And pro, yeah, it's a total horror royalty. And so I didn't know, and I would always be calling down to Dave's shop because we'd be, you know, they were in LA and we were up here, shoot, uh, up here prepping and he was prepping in LA. And, uh, you know, I was always on the phone. I was always calling the shop, calling the shop, calling the shop. I had to talk to him all the time about monster design and this and that and the other thing, and getting design sent up and organizing design. And, um, so, and then this, and Heather Anderson always answered the phone. And I was like, oh, you're a nice person. And I had no idea who, who she was. And so I was like, well, as I talked to them for a couple, you know, it's a couple months of prep, but I'm talking to them every day. And then, so they were flying up and I was like, great, I can't wait to meet you. So I'm sitting at my desk and into my office walks Heather Langenkamp. And she goes, hi, I'm looking for Matt. And I'm like, I'm Matt. And I'm like, I got this, I must have had the, I must have had the most ridiculous look on my face because I'm going, <laughs> I'm like, my God, it's Heather Langen. And she goes, hi, I'm Heather Anderson. And I'm like, <laughs> no way. And what was really cool about that was uh, my boss's wife on that show. She was the uh, female star of Friday the 13th part four. <laughs> she was, she was the final girl in Friday the 13th part four. Wow. Uh, with, Funny, uh, I just I, watched I, that the other I, night. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, I watch it a lot. I watch it a lot. So here I've got these two scream queens running around all, all the time, and I'm like, this is the greatest, this is the greatest part of this whole entire experience. I'm like, stay cool, man. Like, stay sure, cool. A, stay cool, buddy. Stay cool. But no, that was a, it was, that movie, uh, like I said, like Dave Anderson was really the hero because, you know, we didn't have the money. You know, we just didn't have the money. And Dave Anderson was, uh, he brought his team up, some amazing people. Uh, my, my really good friend, uh, Tony Acosta, who now does Marvel uh, costumes. He does, he did, to, like build the Iron Man suit and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, he's he's a really really good dude. Give him a shout out. Um, but uh, he brought this whole team up and had them empty the warehouse in Los Angeles of everything he had, like basically all these old uh, old designs, old uh, costumes, old masks, old just pieces of rubber of weird looking stuff. Like it was basically emptied his warehouse, put it in a truck, and shipped it all up here. And we because we didn't like, like I said, we, didn't, we were doing things like, I don't know, why don't we make a unicorn? <laughs> like, <laughs> like we made a unicorn. You know, it was like, I don't know, what, what's this thing over here? I don't know. Like, what about some contortionists? Why don't we call a circus company and we'll slap some makeup on a. And so that was, was great was Dave was retrofitting all of his old stuff. Oh, that's so so cool. those, that big monster, that big monster breakout at the end, that, um, that's uh, all Dave's like stuff that he's just retrofitted to make it work. You know, and that's, and he became the hero. I don't think he slept for, you know, <laughs> 60 days or whatever we were shooting. 
but uh, he didn't sleep any of that time. But boy, it was uh, he was a real hero. He really, really was. And um, that's I think the real secret to that movie. But you know, you know those. But everybody on that was great. Like uh, uh, Joss was great to work with. It was just because I was like, I'm, you know, I'm dyed in the wool nerd. So there I am with Joss Whedon. Like how do you how do you not nerd down on that? Yeah, right. and, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah how do you not? Like he, I'm just sitting there like, and he he do stuff. He's like he's like, hey, if you were gonna see a comic book movie, like your ultimate comic book movie, what would it be? And I'm like, I bet we'd rave. And, I don't know. <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm like, I'm like, did Josh Whedon just ask me what comic book movie I should, I would, I would like to see? And I was, I was like, holy shit! I was like, yeah. And then I realized later, it was like, oh my god, he's about to do Avengers, isn't he? So yeah, and then it's, uh, but yeah, and 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 Andrew Goddard was wonderful to work with. Um, but I'm not gonna lie to you, it was tough. It was tough. A lot of people, a lot of people had a near experience on that one. That was a, that was a tough movie to work on. It really, really was. But it turned out to be. Amazing. You know what actually the biggest problem on that movie was? Was that room full of screens. That yeah. room full of television screens. Yes. Really? That was synced to play in real time. So that like and it was fully synced. We had a guy who came up from from uh from LA, Rick um his last name's escaping me right now. Rick was his name. And he came up and he set that entire room up. And he built those screens, put that all together. We were had another unit out filming on like like all the all the um, uh, the surveillance footage, they were out filming that at the time, and so to coordinate that giant thing was actually one of the most difficult aspects of that movie. Well, that's coordinating that. That was very tough. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm I'm glad at least you know you mentioned how hard it is and how hard it was for everybody to work on that. Uh, but at least when you get to see the fruits of your labors pay off so well, it's got to be amazing. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Man, I- Curious on the other side of that, because I've always been amazed anytime I see any movie that's even like decent that any movie could ever get made because there's so many variables that go in versus maybe say like working with another person to write a, you know, a songwriter to write a song or something like that and create a masterpiece. This is you're relying on essentially, you know, dozens if, you know, if not, you know, hundreds or even more than that to really bring their A game all the time. And being that you know how the sausage is made, is it, is it that surprising to you or now that when you're in it, you're like, no, of course it makes sense that, you know, good movies get made because you just trust all these people and there's great people around. Or is it really sort of like you don't even know until you actually see it, whether you're really making something great or if it's going to turn out to be a, you know, big old fat turd. Well, this is the thing. It, it uh, one one piece of you know advice I got way back at the beginning was someone said to me, my friend, and I'll tell you exactly what it was. It's my my dear friend, the late Andrea Borman. She said, "What you need to understand early on in your career is that every single movie is entirely different." Yeah, and that's true. You wind up uh, relearning lessons you thought you knew, but from different angles. It's uh, it's all very strange. Like, so, but sometimes is you will have a vibe on a set that doesn't match what happens later. Right. For example, um, great, great example is welcome to Marwin. Um, welcome to Marwin with Steve Carell was one of the best film experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, I've never had more camaraderie on a set, uh, a good feeling among everybody working with Robert Zemeckis with all this technology around on motion capture was, was just, was just wonderful. And he is such just such a maestro when it comes to directing. You sit there and you go, this guy knows exactly what he wants every, every step of the way. And, um, but you know, when that movie came out, it became, you know, it was the biggest box office failure of all time. You know? So you know, while, while you're in that situation going like, okay, we're experimenting with new technology. We're working with 
some of the best people in the business sometimes just doesn't work. You know what I mean? And it didn't work. Yeah. And and, and, and the machine, yeah, all the parts moved correctly. All the parts moved absolutely correctly, but it didn't work. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you could be left to the mercy of the, of the consumer, which is of course, you never know how that's going to turn out. But, um, but at least, you know, but sometimes those movies that are, are maybe like, you know, box office duds are still at least something you could look at and be proud of and say, well, this is still a great movie. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. So. I'm very proud of it. I, I just, you know, but I, you know, again, it's like, look at, look at, uh, look at, uh, snakes on a plane. Another great example yeah. of a movie that was like, we knew exactly what we were making. Everybody knew exactly what they were making. It's we in, were reading there at seven in o'clock the in the morning. We were, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's right there. Um, actually we didn't shoot it under that name. That was not the name it was shot under. It was shot oh. under the name, uh, Pacific air One Twenty One is what we shot that under snakes on a plane. And it was a sort of, yeah. And then uh, we were we had a contest to name the script because the studio didn't want to call it Snakes on a Plane. And we we had a contest to, to name the movie. So we had this clipboard that sat at the lunch tent and it would just pass around between people. And people would write down possible new titles for the movie. And my favorite one was Boeing Constrictor. I thought that was awesome. And, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that needs to be used Boeing at some point. Was, <laughs> I know. At some point. But what ended up happening was Sam Jackson, uh, he like kind of said like i don't know i don't know how much of it i've heard demand is the word i heard i don't know how much of the demand it was but he he demanded to the studio that the movie be called snakes on a plane because that's the movie he signed up to make that yeah. and uh and he shot that the the famous line he shot that in a reshoot that wasn't on the original uh <laughs> on the original shoot that was shot on a reshoot down in los angeles oh damn that's that's great i mean that's that's but iconic but, now but that's a movie we knew what it was we knew exactly how we were going to make it Everybody knew what they were doing, and it came out, and it performed exactly the way it was supposed to perform. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. got to feel good. It's that. has got to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So, but every movie, again, X-Men 1, everybody thought we were going to fail. Everyone thought we were going to fail. Um, from the first, from the get-go when DeGray Scott left the movie, like DeGray Scott was playing Wolverine and wasn't able to play Wolverine because of, because he was injured in, he was injured in Australia on, uh, on Mission Impossible. And he couldn't come up, and it was it. He goes, "I'm injured. I can't fit in stunt harnesses." Blah blah blah. He left the show, you know. And there we were, you know. We had adjusted the schedule. We were, there we are, a month in, and we just lost our star. That's uh, pretty close to being a disaster. Yeah, you know. And and we had a lot of problems. We had days we were getting one shot, you know, like where it was so cold. We were against the weather too. It was you know it was minus forty five some days. Oof. And we were out shooting that stuff on the road with Wolverine and, and Sabertooth. Um, the uh, but you know it it. You never know because we, we, I was like, okay, I'm working on an X-Men movie and there's going to be Wolverine on a movie screen. This is bananas, man. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I went in there and, and then everything started falling apart and, and everything. And it was really going to hell. Like it was not good. And, you know, writers were taking their name off the movie. Like it was, it had turned into a whole thing. And then when it came out, it was the biggest Friday opening in history at the time. Yeah, and it's still, Friday it's, ever. Still one of my absolute favorite uh, uh, superhero movies. Period, because it's just it's got like that little yeah. bit of that that grit that you don't necessarily get as much in today's Marvel movies yeah. and whatnot. Because it's it wasn't a you know pure Marvel future, obviously Marvel properties. But the uh, yeah, just I I still absolutely love that to to this day. It's one of my yeah. absolute tops. Yeah, it was it was always meant to be. Um, it was always meant to be a real world. Like that was the, that was that was the whole point of it. Was this is in the real world. There's no fantasy world. There's no, you know, it, yeah. there's no hard to believe stuff. It was like, no, Magneto's got magnetic powers. He's going to rip this train out. It was, it was, you know, that's, that, that's how we did it. It was, 
we stuck to the rules of the X-Men's powers and we stuck to the rules of the real world. Yep. Yeah, um, sense. So, and that was, and that was, a, that was a big part, but you know, when that movie came out, you know, I don't know what the studio expected. I don't, I think they probably expected it to, to fall apart and, and not perform, but the boy did it ever. Yeah. I'm and sure they were was, pretty, uh, they were probably it, okay with the way it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure they're just fine. Yeah. But we, who who made who made off like a bandit on that was yeah. Kevin Feige though because Kevin Feige at the time was was Lauren Schuler Donner's assistant and had just become um, her associate producer so he was doing stuff like uh, like um, uh, product placement on that movie and then uh, what we, and he was he was just a buddy you know, we were just all buddies and we we're you know making this movie and then uh, and then uh, Clear Rad came up to visit and Kevin gave him a guided tour around the thing and Kevin was sort of his keeper for a little while and at the end of the thing he obviously said to Lauren he goes listen I'm thinking of starting a Marvel Studios and I would like Kevin to come and be my you know associate producer and you know help me out and and Lauren eventually said okay <laughs> and off Kevin went and when Avi retired Marvel Studios was born under the Kevin Feige flag and holy cow <laughs> like what did he do yeah and so yeah so that's a that's a that's the amazing success stories out of that movie. You know, it's like Hugh Jackman was was hired because we didn't we didn't have a Wolverine. Our Wolverine had quit, and Lauren Shula Donner again had remembered this guy that she saw in a play, you know, or in uh, in England. You know, <laughs> that's and crazy. So we flew this guy over and we we screen tested him on set. Like we flew him in, screen tested him, and like they were going to send him home. And Brian said, no, he goes, I want to, I want to put him on screen. I want to put him on camera, some actors. They wheeled in some actors. He killed it. And next thing you know, honest to God, he, I, I was with Brian. And here, here's what happened. We've been shooting. Out. I got so many stories. I could have gone forever. Um, we're, we're, uh, we're shooting in, uh, the UN set, the, where you see Jean gray addressing the UN at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We're shooting there. And, um, so Hugh had, Hugh had done a first audition the night before and it didn't go necessarily well. And they're about to put him back on a plane. And Brian called and said, said, no, let's bring him in tomorrow and let's put some, put him with some actors and, and, uh, and, uh, we'll go, th- go with that. And it was amazing because he came in, sat around all day waiting. He was just, he didn't know where to go. So he sat in the hair and makeup trailer all day long at the end of this, like 14, 15, 16 hour day, however long it was, we drag him up to the set, pull out a couple of chairs in a hallway of this building in Toronto, put a camera on them, bring in Anna Paquin. They do a scene, bring in, uh, Fomka Jansen. They do a scene and he killed, he did great. And Brian at this point had gone off with his monitor. He had a little single monitor and he went off to a corner and to watch the monitor. And because he'd like to see it on screen as opposed to seeing it in person. So he's watching it on a monitor and a security guard came up to him and he looked over Brian's shoulder and he said, is this the guy they're going to hire as Wolverine? And Brian went, oh, and Brian looked at the guy. He's like, I don't know. And the guy looked at me and goes, well, this guy's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> and Brian, Brian, Brian said at that moment, at that moment, Brian said, that's when I decided to hire him. Yeah. And we, we went up, we, we went upstairs and we, we were with Hugh and we were with Ralph Winter, the producer. Or no, he wasn't there. It was just Ralph Winter and Brian. And, and, uh, Brian said to Ralph, he says, you know, I want, I want to hire this guy. And, and, Ralph is like, okay, you know, it's, uh, you know, we don't know him, you know, but you know, if you're, if you feel confident or whatever, um, you sure, are you, are you positive? Brian's honest words were honestly, God, he said, he just, he just said, fuck it. Let's make him a star. That's amazing. <laughs> I was, it worked out okay for him. And I was, <laughs> it turned out all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he turned into the greatest showman. 
that's uh, true. And, and you know what? And and there was that moment where where that happened, and I was standing there, and this is on videotape somewhere, but I I was standing there, and I was like, holy shit, that's how it happens, man. You know, that's how it happens. Like that, someone goes from being on stage doing Oklahoma and London to suddenly being like a movie star, yeah. like instantly. And and that and it was wild, and it was it was really, 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 really a great experience. Um, I don't know how we got onto that topic. I feel like I Tim gently went there. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that, but that's, again, that's another one of those movies where everything felt like it was going wrong, you know? And, uh, and there's, and there's, and there's lots of stories like that. And, you, and I don't, I don't think you're going to know until the end. You know, I really don't like, I think every, every movie is made with all the very best intentions. And then, uh, whatever you get in the end is sort of kind of up to the universe. Now, uh, I, I, that's amazing. I, I could hear you just tell these stories for hours and hours and hours yeah. and hours on end. Uh, I want to shift gears. If you don't stop me. I might. <laughs> I, I do want to shift gears ever so slightly because we uh, do have our end segment, 10 questions coming up in a little bit. But before we get to that, uh, this is the year 2020. <laughs> yeah. This is the dumpster sure fire of the uh, millennia. And uh, it COVID. melted the dumpster, man. <laughs> it yeah. melted that dumpster. Yeah. And uh, COVID obviously is a huge deal for everyone in every walk of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you sure. had to basically do whatever one of us did, I'm assuming, uh, stop production and mm-hmm. change your life and the way you did things, and then also mm-hmm. resume productions. Uh, just curious yeah. if uh, briefly we could kind of touch on both bookends of what that was like and how the industry adapted and what you saw. Sure. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll start with the beginning. Um, it shut down fast. It was, um, I don't think anybody really knew what we were dealing with. We didn't really understand the gravity of what was coming. Um, but I think that we, um, th- this is the entire Vancouver film industry stopped in one day. It was on, it was on Friday the 13th, March, March 13th. And, uh, I was on a show that, um, was a pilot. We were 10 days into a 15 day schedule. Um, and the studio pulled the plug and they said, Nope, that, that you're done. And they said, we'll give you your last, uh, we'll give you your last day. You can finish your last day. And <laughs> in the, in the, in the middle of that day, a tree broke and nearly killed everybody on set. So we, oh, we were in a forest and tree came. So we were like, so the director looked at me, it was Brad Anderson. He looked at me, he was just like, yeah, I think, uh, I think the gods have spoken on this one. Let's, let's just call it. <laughs> let's call it. Call it. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Man. But you, but you, but you felt it coming, but you felt it coming, which is, which is what I noticed is that like, you know, you heard a story of that another show, someone, an extra had shown up that was sick. So that show got shut down. And then that, uh, someone from that show went and day called on another show and that show got shut down. So you could feel it from like the Monday or Tuesday starting to creep towards you. And then by Friday, it just was at the point where no one, no one could, could, uh, could, could justify staying open. Hmm. And it just, it was over. It was instantly over. Um, in Canada, we were very lucky because we were taken care of very well here. Um, uh, you know, must be, must be nice. Must yeah. be nice. Rub yeah. it in our faces. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, no, we were, we like the, they had a really, uh, a pretty, pretty surprising, uh, response. Like we were like pretty much everybody who lost work due to, due to COVID, which is the entire film industry. I um, mean, you know, there's what, 29, 30,000 people in it here. Um, uh, lost their jobs and they were, and each of those people were given what was called CERB, everyone called it the CERB, um, which is the Canadian emergency response benefit. And everybody was, uh, was basically given $2,000 a month, um, from March through to October. 
So, and now they've even extended it from what I believe, because there's still people out of work, but they, they, they <sighs> shut down quickly. They shut down efficiently. They, um, they, it was, it was still a struggle. You know, it's not a lot of, not a lot of money. Um, but it's a lot more than, you know, Twelve twelve hundred dollars. Uh, since <laughs> I won't yeah. go into politics. Yeah, let's let's go into politics. <laughs> let's lay off that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but reopening has been uh, it's been something to watch. Like I've I've been watching it. I'm on a I'm on a I'm on a show right now that uh, is taking it very 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 seriously. Um, we have a full COVID response team uh, on our on our set at all times, um, which is led by a risk management expert. Um, they have mandated N94, N94s, right? The masks. So everyone wears an N94 mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I think that's what they're called. N94, M95? M95? Yeah, yeah, yeah. N95, whatever. Fancy, whatever. fancy the, mask. The, yeah. the really heavy, the heavy duty one. Yeah, the medical so mask. Yeah. is. Yeah, the medical one. So we're everyone's required to wear that. Um, we're broke. Our show, we, we've done it. Is we've broken into zones. So we have a red zone group of people the red zone is all people closely related to cast. Um, so uh, that's, that's cast. That's the director. That's the producers. That's uh, hair and makeup. That's wardrobe. You know, um, anyone who is within that tight circle, uh, camera department, um, all of that. So everyone in the red zone is required to wear the masks, wear face shields with, so for eye protection. Um, some even wear medical. They, they, they wear uh, uh, scrubs plus a, a uh, medical smock over top of the, over top of the regular clothes, um, just due to the fact that they're always in contact with cast. So um, that, that happens. Everyone has to wear the mask. The yellow zone is not allowed to intermingle with the red zone. So the yellow zone, people have to stay in their own area, designated areas. Yeah, stay away um, from so the filthy filthy yellow zone people. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> yeah, stay away from those guys. Yeah. So... Uh, so there are the guys up in the rafters anyways. You wouldn't notice it there. Uh, <laughs> but, the, uh, but it's been, it's been quite, you know, and, and red zones are tested three times a week. Um, yellow zones, I believe, are tested twice a week, I believe. Okay. Um, but, you know, if we don't have the tests back within 72 hours, we can't proceed. Like, we can't proceed with our day. So if we have a day where, say, one of the actors' um, test doesn't come back in time, that actor can't work. So, and even if it's your day off, you're going in to get a test. Um, it's being taken really seriously. It's the, the thing that, that is troubling for me, um, is that we are, we are doing more to prevent the spread, uh, amongst ourselves than I'm seeing in the medical profession. And yeah. that's something that I find kind of rough is that the, the, the medical professionals, I have many, you know, nurse doctors, whatever um, who aren't being treated as well as we are, you know what I mean? And it's, uh, it, that's the part that, that kind of gets to me is like the film industry of course can, can do it, but you know, why can't the medical profession? It's very strange. Um, but, but, but it's, 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 it's affected filming too, because like the thing I'm on is actually a relatively large scale thing. Um, but what, what is happening is like they're breaking things out. So I can actually see a, a envision a future, where, you know, if you, I don't know if you guys saw the Disney Plus show that was about the, the Mandalorian behind the scenes stuff. Did you yep, see that? I watched all of them, yep. Yeah, did you see the thing about the volume that was the LCD screens and all, and all that oh, stuff? Oh, yes, yes. It, it, that's like the future of filmmaking, man. That is like the future of filmmaking. Basically replaces green screens. Easily, you know, and that, that sort of thing, sure, it's expensive, but if you, if you threw the, built those on stages and let them permanently stand, 
you could do whatever you wanted, yep. you know? And I think that that that's going to be the future. You're not going to have to go to locations. You can stay on stages. You can stay contained. And until we get this thing figured out, I think that that's the trick is just staying contained, you know, and staying in, in your, in your own bubbles, you know? Um, and, and, you know, I, 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 I'm seeing that, uh, I can see a future where crowd scenes can be shot. You know, but you do it, you segment it out. You say, well, here's 50 people we're going to have for this scene. We're going to break them off into groups of 10 and shoot, shoot 10 at a time and then comp them in and stuff like that. And build crowds. And, and, yep. Yeah, or you stock footage. Yeah. And, and, but I, but I, I think yeah, that comping, yeah. the, drawback to, to the drawback to all of this stuff is um, the expense of it. Because, you know, you're testing 200 people a week. You know, film crews like say 200 people or 300 people. You know, you're testing all those people the expense of that is incredible. Like you're, you're 15 grand a day. Which, which has got to be, like, it's a, eat away at a budget real like You don't usually think about that oh, budgeting nowadays uh, or, or rather oh, prior man. to this, when you got the budget to work on these things that are now going back into production, you're not thinking, Oh, we're going to need 15 grand a day also to test for a disease. We don't even know exists yet. When you first got the you know yeah. budget back in the day. Yeah. And, and that's, where's that money come from? It comes from the budget you were already assigned. Yep. You know, so it's like, okay, well, we only hire two PAs instead of, instead of six, you know what I mean? And it's, and it's, uh, I think that that's really the, 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 what's going to be difficult down the line is the, the, the amount of money that this, it's going to be untenable in the long run. Yeah. I think it's just, it's just expensive. It's really expensive. And, uh, that, you know, it's nice to know that we're doing it right now and I hope that we can get this thing over with as quickly as possible because, uh, It'd be great to be able to use the money to make the movies. <laughs> right, right. I know that's that's a, that's a lot to ask, but yeah, um, yeah I mean, we yeah, we, we really appreciate you, you know, giving that kind of that insight because it's been you know kind of eating away at us as you know it it affects sure. everybody so uh, everybody so differently. There's different industries. I mean, I Scott and I are fortunate that we work in an industry where we can work from home remotely, don't have to come in contact sure. with anybody. But not everybody has that luxury. Mm -hmm. So just just hearing like how it actually yeah. affects. And of course, we hear like, oh, people get so upset, like, oh, the you know, Batman, new Batman movie production was shut down because of this, and people are upset because they're going to have to yeah. wait, you know, maybe an additional month to see the new Batman movie, as opposed to thinking of yeah. what the the what what it means underneath that, like what that yeah. entails is that means there's this danger to actual human lives that people have to be considerate yeah. of, um, and so so getting that little insight there is is great. Um, we do want to, uh, I know we're we're you know getting toward the end of what we. Uh, told you we'd sure. be taking up for your time. We don't want to take up too much of your time this evening. Uh, it sounds like we'll probably have to schedule another one of these because I think we could go on and on. We have oh, yeah. barely even touched on our <laughs> oh, love of our, our love of horror movies. So um, I, I can't be shut up most of the time. So. That, 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 honestly, it, we can we can we can schedule a, a bunch of these and just keep keep just keep going on, man. Keep so, them <laughs> Uh, one of the things we like to do, at least in these uh, initial uh, interviews uh, for the first timers here, mm -hmm. is we like to go into 10 questions you've likely never been asked uh, uh, in an interview before, maybe ever in your life. All right. Um, so we're just going to start okay. rolling in. Uh, Scott, you're going to take odds. I'm going to take evens, I think, the way we worked it out. Okay. Right. That sounds good. There uh, you go. All right. Number one, who's your favorite Ghostbuster? never been asked that before <laughs> we we to be fair ask every guest this is actually this the same we, first yeah. question as an icebreaker this is what had been a first question i've never had to, i've never had it's, to think it's, of my favorite ghostbusters yeah it's a tough i one. gotta i gotta go with egon man oh my god thank you so much so okay uh i, I, I we, we at some point have to tally it but 
uh, Venkman is definitely the big winner. Yeah. But I think a lot of people aren't yeah. necessarily as familiar. But Egon's been my he's my homeboy. He's you know oh, really? he, he had a he had a slinky once, but he straightened it. I love that. Yeah. That's a great line. <laughs> I like I always I always my favorite line is, is going, you know, this reminds me of the time you tried to drill a hole through your head. <laughs> it would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's so it's so good. I mean oh, credit. So good. I, I yeah, I love on. Egon because Egon's like the Egon's the really twisted one. He really is. He's, he's a bad scientist. Yeah, I love him. He's a yeah. That's exactly what he is. He's a mad scientist amongst these other guys. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah, actually, Fun. makes me wonder if my uh, my weird witticism I came up with you can't unkink that slinky. Oh, I wonder yeah. if it wasn't seeded. In it probably that. was from. It was, I believe it was from Ghostbusters too. Like you never had a toy as a kid. I had a slinky. I had a slinky once, but I straightened it. Um, and uh, so you, you can't you can't, can't unkink that slinky. Yeah, you can't unkink that slinky. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so uh, on the on the uh, topic of scientists, some scientists say there's a 50-50 chance we're living in a simulation. If that's true, what do you mm. imagine the beings are like that created this simulation? I would say they're us. They're just... I would say they're exactly... They're, they're us. They're okay. bored. It's like Sims. It's like Sims. Sims look like us because we yeah. made us. Okay, exactly. Yeah. They're Makes just more. They're more like uh, 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 intelligent versions of us who have obviously made it much further along. In the, no, no, no. I've seen the COVID response in America. We're Sims. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're cooking exactly. a baby I on play, a grill. <laughs> I play that. I play that Simpsons tapped out game. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. And you know that game? I, I love I that. Yeah, thing, I do. Man. I've been building that city for like. I'm building my Springfield for like yeah. seven years. You're, 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 you're like you're like sixty um, grand in debt from microtransactions. Oh, Hunter! Oh, <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed. I'm living in a. I'm living in an old fridge refrigerator box. But your but your Simpson City is amazing. Yeah, you should see it. I can't pay my phone bill, but you know I can tell you. The uh, no, I uh, but I, I look at that and I'm just like I'm just like oh my god, this is exactly what it is. If it's a, if, if real if, oh, yeah. if life is a simulation, it's someone just like us who's created something just like us. To see how it operates, and, and you know the people who have made it further in life are the pe- are the people who are just happen to be like the sim of somebody who has money. You can put money at the microtransactions. Yeah. They're like, oh, some, I'm, I'm, some, I'm, yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm buying hundred dollars <laughs> worth of gems to put at freaking Donald Trump to make him president. Things like that. So exactly, yeah, exactly. That's what happened. Exactly yeah, what happened. I'm going to well, buy my twisted. way into that. Yeah, they're also yeah, someone whose like, life is yeah, going yeah, nowhere. Yeah, the, the user basically just like insane. got the game, yeah, exactly. played with it for a day, and said, eh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Those people are just like, wait, I can't. I have up, no upward mobility. It's because your guy got lazy and he's onto a different. You gave game me now. a baby that deleted the app. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's how the world ends. Cool. All right. All right. Uh, number three. Oh yeah. Have you played Fuck Mary Kill? You know that. Uh, you know the game oh, yeah. Fuck Mary Kill. We always have a Fuck Mary right. Kill. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, you once okay. played a clown. Fuck Mary yes. Kill. John Wayne Gacy, Ronald McDonald, and Bozo the Clown. That's an interesting one. Well, <laughs> I would, I would, I would kill Gacy. Yeah, I would kill yeah. Gacy straight off. Yeah, kill the I, I, like, I, I, I have a, I have a value for human life, but not all of them. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's an okay one. I, I don't think, think it's too controversial. When I believe that was Ronald Gacy. McDonald's original slogan, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think I would, I think I would probably marry Ronald McDonald because hey, free burgers, right? Yeah. For, yeah. forever. He seems right? like he'd be a good. And I made guy a mistake. And see, and see, the other thing, too, the other thing, the thing is about that is you marry Ronald McDonald, he's got some cool friends, right? We know, we know who all his friends are. That's true. Right? He, he hangs out with a giant taste bud. Grimace you know, is my homeboy, yeah. You've got hamburglers running around. You've got all that stuff going on. But I also learned this. I once dated a uh, waitress at my favorite bar, and we dated for like five years, and then we broke up, and now I can't go back to my favorite bar. Oh. So if I... 
So this is the one drawback to, to date to, to, to marrying Ronald McDonald. Divorce, you Things can't don't to, work out with me, me and Ronald. I might not be able to go back to McDonald's. You're, you're going to have to get a taste for Wendy's or something like that. Next thing you know, you're all, all right. up Dave and Thomas have, or that. I think the Wendy's girl is a teenager, so he can't be that. Right. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see, it's weird, right? It yeah. gets weird. And so then I guess I'd, I'd be fucking Bozo. Yeah, all right. Fuck Bozo. <laughs> Fuck Bozo the Clown. By default. Everyone loves being fucked anyway. by default. <laughs> yeah, you fuck your share of Bozos. It's good. <laughs> I fucked a ton of Bozos. So. Awesome. <laughs> so there you go. Well, uh, this next one is actually two questions in one, but uh, we're just going to call it oh, one. Uh, uh, so what's the – this is a low, low-hanging piece of fruit, slow-hanging meat. Uh, what's the best Halloween <laughs> candy and the worst Halloween candy? Best Halloween candy is you don't know these things because okay. they're Canadian things, but Smarties were always. Oh no, the we, best. we know Smarties. Oh, we got Smarties. Smarties. Yeah, we've got Smarties. There, yeah, there's little no. uh, like sweet, sweet uh, dissolvable candies, pretty much. Yeah, they're no, like... those in Canada are called rockets. Oh, okay. So in Smarties Canada, is different are, in Canada. Those are rockets. Okay. Smarties okay. is a superior version of an M M&M. and M. Oh. Ooh, superior to M&M's. Superior, I, you got me. Oh, superior to M&M's. I will, I will send you guys some, some Smarties. The Smarties is possibly the greatest candy. It's candy-coated It's candy coated chocolate. Okay. Little, little it's circles, not the one where there are little circles in a tube, is it? Like a clear plastic nope. tube? Okay. See, we, we nope. live, we live, we live close. To, we're never going to be allowed to move uh, or go anywhere because we're in the United States and we're never going to get COVID under control. But like we, That's uh, right. Um, but we, well, we, uh, we're in Vermont. We're actually – we are you know, 90 minutes from – Oh, you're right from, by the border. 90 minutes from the we're border. Like a so we're a two-hour drive to Montreal. Montreal. We're more Montreal, so we're like French Canada. But we've uh, – I've – you know, we've, oh, yeah. we've, we've, been up, we've been up yonder. I don't know if the French Canadians have ever... much different candy than you in Toronto, but – No, they'd be, they'd, be, they'd, be, they'd be good. Yeah, they'll have them here. If I got them, if I got them, if I have had them my whole life, they'll have them there. The Can- it's a Canadian pastime, man. It's like you know, it's some beer. Well, s- send it everybody, down. Yeah. Everybody, send us down some Smarties. Our Smarties are just what you call what, rockets, and those are just like little dusty dust chalk pellets. candies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- dust pellets. Yeah, okay. dust, dust they're like sour yeah. Necco wafers. <laughs> so I mean, I guess on that, on that, uh, what's the worst Halloween candy? Whatever those black and uh, orange wrapped things were. Uh, Remember those. I they were just in a black and orange were they, wrapper. Were they kind, kind of hard, of but when you warmed them up, they became chewy yeah. like caramel. Oh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> oh, I, I remember. Talking, yeah. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like they could suck your. You get it stuck in your mouth. They could suck your tooth right out of your gum. Oh, I yeah. definitely <laughs> lost. I lost. I lost. Right so, I was probably it probably created so many uh, cavities and lost the fillings from those cavities because of those cavities oh, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. yeah fuck those things. Yeah. Fuck those things. All Easily right. the worst. Exactly. They cost you. They cost. They cost your mom and dad money. Yeah, and I think I, yeah, and I think they're probably the same exact bash they made like on day one. They're still like candy out corn, today. like candy corn. Yeah, they're like oh, yeah. these will never go bad. Yeah, but we're right. never gonna run out of these. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number five. Uh, what was your favorite Halloween costume as a kid? I once uh, went out as a wounded uh, Nam soldier. Ooh. Like I had, like I, I made, I made a, a blown off arm stump, and I. I covered myself in blood, and I was at the, at the time I was trying to learn how to do uh, special effects makeup. Actually, I was, I was volunteering at the time. I was in about grade seven, and I was volunteering at a dental lab so I could learn how to make casts. And uh, so I was experimenting with with all kinds of stuff. Like, and I, I, you know, I had I had liquid latex and all that stuff, and I was making making stuff, and and I and I just looked like I stepped on a grenade. It was awesome. That's so it. cool. Yeah, that's really clever. Most people look, oh, no, sheet, ghost, I don't know. But yeah, that's you got you got some real work on that one. Um, yeah, it was fun. And once I, once I went out as Italian Spider-Man's arch nemesis, 
Do you remember Italian Spider-Man? I love Italian Spider-Man. <laughs> My brother and I went out as as Italian Spider-Man and whoever the guy with the suit and the and the wrestling mask was. I know exactly. Oh, what you mean. I can't awesome. think of his name either. Yeah. That's and great. I and I refused to speak English the entire night, and I just spoke fake Italian the entire night. Yeah, we were out, we were out at a bar, and and I just refused. And no one knew who it was, and I would just refuse to speak English the entire night. And we're, I was out till three a.m. People are just on like the mad, and like, "Who are you?" And you're like, "I'm not today. I'm speak the ball." And you're like, <laughs> "Whoa!" Yeah, I've watched <laughs> Italian Spider-Man <laughs> so many times. It's so good. You gotta watch Italian Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man is awesome. That's, yeah. All right, so which, uh, number six, uh, which type of AI or robot, I guess, AI dystopian future are we doomed to live out? Uh, that of Terminator, Ex Machina, The Matrix, uh, or uh, uh, or other? Ah, uh, I love Ex Machina. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. probably pretty accurate. It's pr- it I think that's pretty probably yeah. real accurate. Yeah. Real it's, accurate, it's real, yeah. it's real subtle, um, just infiltrate society. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and slowly take over, yep. you know, and then they become your robotic overlords over time, and you have to have subservience to them all. But you know, I, you know, if I was to go, if I was, I, I, and I love that movie. My favorite line in that movie is when they do, when when he's he's like, "Why did you tear up the picture?" And then and then Oscar Isaac's answer was, "I don't know, but watch me tear up this dance floor." Yeah. I think that was the greatest thing. Yes. I, I laughed for about an hour. That is a, that, that is a great subtle. But if line. I was to go into dystopia. I'll go into some dystopian future, man. They live. I'm going to go with that. Okay, that's, go other. Other. that's a good other. one. Yeah, yeah, go that's, that's a really good one because we're pretty much pretty close to there, man. I'm pretty sure it's true. I think it's yeah. pretty sure it's true. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's true. We just got to get the right but it's time, time travelers, not aliens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, time, time travelers, yeah. not aliens. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what it is. Time good travelers. Day, day. They live. All right, uh, moving on to number seven. Uh, your career started working on the X-Men films, as we heard earlier today. Uh, what mm-hmm. mutant power would you like to have been born with? Does it have to be one from the movie? No, anything you want, man. But you have to be bored with it, so you have to take into account you would be a baby, a toddler, etc. with this power. Oh, so you see, actually, that would be, that would would really fuck you up, because... Yeah, you're a mutant. If you had, like, yeah, you're a mutant, and if you you had claws and you got pissed off, yeah, like a little angry three-year-old Oh, yeah, yeah, and also also masturbation. That's a rough one. (laughs) So. Yeah, right? <laughs> especially if you're like especially if you're toad and you got the sticky hands. Oh, yeah. uh, God, the, oh man. This would be really sticky effort. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they the, don't get into this in uh, the X-Men films. You gotta work on that. Go up go back to Brian Singer and try to get a new one in the works of yeah, what it was right. like with what it was like when they were all like teenagers and I, mean, I guess actually probably new mutants, like, I guess. But how do you match it? How do you match it? You're sticking in it? Yeah, yeah. The, I don't I, geez, I I I always liked the idea of Rogue's power. Yeah. Because okay. I thought being able to go around and snatch everybody else's power was a really great idea. And I think that that would be, then you're, then you're like living in an unlimited powers sort of situation. Yeah. yeah, you just yeah. And as a young child, power. it wouldn't really affect you negatively. Yeah. Cause I mean, most people you're hanging out with probably until people find out your power and put you in one of them fancy schools, right. with Patrick Stewart, you're probably just until, touching until one, kids. Yeah. But yeah, I, like, I always like the idea where you get a little bit of somebody's memories and you get to like build on it. Yeah. There's a lot, lot, lot cool about rogues power. Very cool. Yeah. Like um, all right. Another uh, another one here. Uh, number eight. Which of the following conspiracy? This is a multiple choice. Which of the following conspiracy oh, theories do you think has the highest likelihood of being real? Number one. Aliens have visited us and are and the government knows. Number two. 
The Earth okay. is flat or some other non-globe shape. I think they're up to like diamonds and donuts now. Um, number three. Non-globe shape. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the United States didn't land on the moon in 1969. And uh, in parentheses as a bonus, Stanley Kubrick may or may not have directed that video. Or number huh. four, the government is trying to control our minds through the use of chemtrails. What is number one again? Uh, aliens have visited us and the government knows. I'm going with that. I'm totally going with that. I, yeah, go I, with that I, I feel too. like I, I think... should have taken that one out because that one to me, uh, the reason I put it because that's the one like I feel is the one with the most likelihood because there's I mean, th- there has to be aliens out there, right? And you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I spent I spent enough time working on Project Blue Book that show. Oh, that's to, right. You were that, I to, saw that on your on your list. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to touch uh, yeah, your brain about that. A too. couple years, a couple years of that one. Yeah, I, I, I'm a believer, man. Yeah, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. That's, yeah. my, that's my that's my jam. All right. The cool. other two, if I was to say two conspiracy theories that I think that I think are real, like for real, like I actually think there are a couple of real ones. I was gonna ask it more generally, believe- but then I was like, I don't know what kind of like rabbit hole we're gonna get down and find out like <laughs> like what kind of weird oh, truth I, yeah. you are. <laughs> but gonna, I was like, let I'm me give weird, you some. <laughs> but I'm a weird QAnon guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, was yeah. Sure. I was like, that could, could luckily it's a like question eight. It wouldn't completely ruin the video, but you know, we'll we'll. How uh, much right. have you ever eaten? Yeah. I. I used I used to believe I used to believe in the Kennedy conspiracy. Okay, yeah. I, I, I believe I believe in the Kennedy conspiracy. Like I did a lot of reading about it. Just gotta watch the Oliver Stone positive. movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I was positive. Like there was no fucking way. Just one that, dude. Yeah. That it's one dude with 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 a pop gun with There's a magic no bullet. No way that, that happened. Yeah. Any yeah exactly. It was done with magic, actual magic. Yeah. The so I always believed that until Donald Trump became president and the CIA just refused to do that job. And I was like, geez, maybe Oswald <laughs> did act alone. <laughs> like, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're right. You're like, man, if there was a time for the conspiracy like, to be, yeah, yeah. That's right. this would be, this is, a, this, is a, this is a CIA's job. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I was like, I was like, no, they're not doing it. Yeah. No, no. they're like, no, this guy's okay. Now they, they, they're all up our ass about Kennedy. We're just going to go call this one quits. It's good. Yeah, we'll call us. Was a mulligan. Kennedy was a mulligan. So yeah, yeah. yeah, so, I, yeah so I'm going like, no, I guess Oswald did act alone. Yeah. All right. But I also believe in big. I also believe in Bigfoot. I almost, I almost put that in there, but I feel like cryptids to me, like because cryptids have been proven real before. Like I mean, the freaking what platypus, the giant uh, squid, all of these things. And that, the like, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like look at these things yeah. that like so. Is there like so? I was like, yeah, I don't even consider that a conspiracy theory anymore. Granted, that's my own personal yeah, view. We were a kid's giant counts, squid was like, right. a mythical creature, and yeah, now giant yeah. squids are like discovered not yeah, daily, yeah, they, they're, but they're, often. they're just like they're, they they know they exist, you know. They're, but like, yeah, like certain things were just you know things of myth and legend, and I uh-huh. so I would like I was I'd keep cryptids out of it because honestly, as far as I'm concerned, there's a chance all of them exist. So we just gotta you know, we're, and we're in Vermont with Champ. You know, Champ's a big one in Vermont. Yeah, and obviously nation, nationwide people know Champ, uh, which is our Loch Ness. But in oh like, yeah, Champ. Yeah, so yeah, we have one too. It's called Ogopogo. Ogopogo, nice. Cool. It's, out, it, it's out here. It's in Kelowna, BC. It's in in, in, in Lake Okanagan. So it's a lake monster. Okay, cool. Yeah. Lake I mean, monster. which I mean, I would no, say yeah. like there, there's multiple lake monsters that all have like similar uh, features. I would say like there's just something. I mean, especially when you talk about the giant squid being, you know, uh, discovered things like that. Like the, there's so much in the depths of the oceans and the lakes that nobody's ever seen before. I feel like those are the most. Oh likely. my god! And let, let alone the giant forest oh of the the, nor- the Pacific Northwest. You know, so. Oh yeah, and it's been like if you see the forest up here, like when you get up here and you actually get into these forests. It's insane how big these things yeah, are. Yeah, like, oh, we're like, just going to know everything? Trees and trees and trees. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to find everything in there. And the ocean, like, wh- what do they know about the ocean, really? <laughs> we, we know <laughs> more about space than we know about the ocean, yeah. 
So. Oh, for sure. But yeah, so those are my, yeah, cool. so Bigfoot. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm glad we dug into that because, uh, yeah, we can geek out more on that next time around too. All right, uh, moving oh, yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> to number nine. Uh, what movie scares you to this day? Oh, man. Um, re- you know, recently, to be really honest with you, man, um, Hereditary scared the living fuck out of me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on that. I know, I know, Scott, you're like in the mid mid ground on that one, but I felt the same way. I was, I oh. really, I saw it in the theater. It was for opening weekend, and with people who had no idea what they were getting into, and I was like, I'm the horror oh, yeah. guy here, and I, I was fucking blown away by that. Oh yeah, I was just, I was so shook after that. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I was in, de- I was in dead silence after that for a solid hour. I was with my brother, and we went yeah. out, and so he looked at me, and goes, so. What did you think that was about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's very similar to my my uh, reaction with my friends. Yeah. And uh, or there's a couple of moments in the movie, and I won't mention it because it's at least recent enough for for no spoilers. There's a couple of moments in the movie. I'm sure right. you know some of the ones I'm talking about, where like certain things happen, and it was and it was, yeah. it was enough people in the theater at the time where it was complete silence. Like people were just trying to process this shit. Like nobody was talking. Oh yeah, and it was like Whoa, and okay. What they do with those disturbing things in that movie too, which is cool as hell is they leave them on the screen just a little too long. Yes. Yeah. And, and like, you have to look, you know what I mean? Like there's those, it, that, that's what it did so well is that it's doing things like, I'll just say the corner, you know what I'm talking about? The corner. Of course. Yep. Yep. I do. If I say the corner, that thing, thing at the end, I do. I'm like, Holy fuck! I'm, I'm I I I don't want to look at this. I don't want to look at this. I don't want to look at it. And then I'm looking at it. Yep. And I'm looking at it. And I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, you have I couldn't to. get it's my a, eyes off it. It's 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 passing by thing. a car crash. You know, it's like you got it. You know, it's gonna hurt. But you're you're yeah. just, you have to look. And the other one they did was was the ant. Well, let's call it the ant. Yep. To avoid the yep. spoilers. Yep. Yep. The that's, ant. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That that's... was on this. That was on the screen like 11 seconds too long. Well, and it's even and bef- even just... before that when uh, there's like the the son's reaction to something where in in the car, yeah, which was just like yeah. so long you weren't exactly sure what happened. You probably had an idea, yeah. and of course then we get into the ant scene. So then we find out what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Through the ants. <laughs> yeah. So okay, hereditary. Hereditary is the answer for that one. Uh, we're going into number ten. This is gonna uh, this is gonna end us off on the show. Uh, once again, really appreciate you chatting with us. Uh, we try to get an idea, uh, like a five or ten words or less kind of question in here. This is in five words or less. Let the year twenty twenty know how you feel about it. Oh man, how many? <laughs> I just want to go, fuck, 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 fuck. That's fine. That's fine. That's a valid answer. Five fucks. If it was That's 10, it. it'd be 10 fucks. We're good. Okay. Just five fucks. Okay. Oh, my God. That really angry with a lot of exclamation marks. Okay, yeah. That like, is, what, is I, what 2020 is. I hope, like, history books in the future, like, oh, we're going to learn about uh, 2019. They go into depth. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to learn about 2021. Kid raise their yeah. hand. What about 2020? We're not going to talk not, about it. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> We're not going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It didn't even happen. Yeah. It didn't oh, even happen. Yeah, no, that would have skipped a year. So ask your grandma. Oh, no, you can't. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Exactly. Uh, too soon. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we really appreciate you uh, 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 chatting with us, man. Um, this has been awesome. And yeah, we, man, good time. We'll, we'll, we'll be reaching out again to, to maybe dig a little deeper into some of the stuff we couldn't talk about. Yeah, we'll I have know to do this again. We're, we're, we're already over the time we promised you, so we don't want to take up too much of your night. You got it. You know, you guys got to uh, you, you happy, happy stuff to be to on, guys. Uh, yeah, man, and thanks again for for giving us your time. We appreciate it. Thank you very All much. Right. Take care. Thank you, guys. All right, and as promised at the top of the show, we're going to go ahead and ask Matt 
what his recommendation is, horror movie, horror show recommendation. Keep in mind, however, that Matt is in Canada, so as far as where things or what is available on streaming services will differ than the United States or elsewhere, so obviously keep that in mind anytime we shout out where to find something to always check out. Uh, there's a nice app called JustWatch.com you.com slash and then your country code um yeah i definitely recommend checking that one out it seems to be one of the better services for finding that out but without further ado let's go ahead and touch base with matt and his recommendation okay so yeah so instead of instead of doing a horror movie recommendation because there's a million i could recommend I, there's so many good horror movies i love um i'd like to recommend a horror show and every friday night every friday night at 6 p.m on shutter Oh, is Joe Bob Briggs last driving? Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, we are and very Bob... well aware. Oh yes, I love. Yeah, yeah. They actually just that had a Halloween hoop nanny uh, this past Friday. Absolutely. That's. I just missed it. I missed it. I was busy that night, and I couldn't. I couldn't make it. To get, yeah. get home when in time they, to watch uh, it. Put it up for everyone to see. When uh, it's not actually, live. So, like sometimes it actually takes a little while, depending on the shows. But the Halloween hoot nanny's already up, and it actually, which is good, because one of them wasn't available on Shutter prior. The first one was Haunt. The second one was called Hack O' Lantern, which is a 1987-88 absolute batshit bad movie, terrible fucking amazing movie. In this, it, it's just it's. I don't. I can't describe how awful this movie is. But obviously, with with the uh, Joe Bob popping in here and there, absolutely worth a watch. So that's what makes it so good. Joe Bob Briggs, the the, the legend himself, who by the way is is in Casino. He's in. Oh, casino. he is in Casino. I remember him mentioning Wait, that. What? Yeah, yeah. He's like a random because you know he's as. Uh, his real Joe, or, you know, his, his real... Because he's the actor-actor as well, oh, yeah, occasionally. Yeah. He was in yeah. Hogzilla, which was actually on Joe Bob Briggs as well, one of the... <laughs> yeah, um, That's right. Yeah, And uh, he, he's an author, too. He has like one of the yeah. one of the top... What was it? Top 20 uh, true crime novels under his real name. And there you have it. Your recommendation from Matt Granger and an awesome interview. We want to say thank you once again to Matt for taking the time out of his busy schedule to give us some awesome stories. And until next week, when we get back to our show... Uh, per normal, uh, we'll still be diving into a couple of Halloween things uh, for Halloween proper. Until then, folks, get lost. <laughs>